Still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! Hello and welcome to episode three, episode four. Yeah, it's been a long week. It's a fun day, but it's been a long week. Episode three or four of the Fan Club You Fight Club, your one-stop listen for all things Chelsea FCW, and of course, the absolute magician that is Fran Kirby. Now this week we've got a bit of a different podcast, and by different I mean that you will not be having two hosts. Yes, it's just me, yours truly, because Andre is getting his tan on in Peru. So he's he's kindly and very generously handed over the responsibility for me this week to both review the United game as well as, and also preview the upcoming game. So before we get into the, the nitty gritty, the tactical analysis and all the fun stuff, I would like to pay homage almost to my favorite bit of every episode which is and yes you guessed it the predictions and this week is especially fun because andre isn't here to contest his decisions he's not here to make us fight over points um i know i won because while we both went for the similar results i think we both said three nil uh we then went to goal scorers we had to find a you know a middle ground to see how we'd sort of split the decision uh i went two goals for kerr and he went for harder. So although harder did score, I did definitely get more goals than him. Well, not me, Sam Kirk. Sam Kirk got more goals. So I win this week. And you know what? In the spirit of generosity, I am very gladly giving Andre, um, let me think, 0.2% of my points just because, you know, you know, he's, he's on holiday. He's going to listen to this. And I want to give him some joy when he's back editing and, and, you know, within the world of work. So. Let's get straight into the game. And if you're like me, I'm still buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing from yesterday's game because, you know, we predicted 3-0. We said, okay, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit of a difficult game. I don't think either of us would have thought of a 6-1 scoreline. That's just crazy, absolutely crazy. And it started from the second minute. So Kirby scored in the second minute. She got a 50th WSL goal, which is absolutely fantastic, you know, and in theme really because she's just an absolute goal scoring machine. Uh, and then Harder came in for the, um, in the 24th minute to get Chelsea's second. Then there was a double for Sam Kerr in the 40 f- 41st and the 51st minute. And in between that, there was a goal from Chelsea, which, um, sorry, United, which was more sort of bad luck and, and a little bit of sloppiness on Chelsea's part. But then there were two more goals after from Spence and Fleming. So, you know, really, really that one goal, which actually really was kind of a bit of a Millie Bright on goal situation, doesn't count much now. In saying all that, I'd really like to talk about the formation first. And this is something that Andre and I have kind of brought in as a bit of a news segment because it's really interesting to think about how Emma Hayes approached this game. And she stuck with the three at the back because she kind of trialed it out against Everton and it really worked. You know, we, that was a 4 0 result. Um, so you had Jess Carter playing in the central position, slightly, ever so slightly to the right. And then you had Millie Bright and uh, Magda Eriksson on either side flanked. Um, there was a midfield two, so sort of double pivot, deep lying players of Leopold and Ingle. And then we have Wrighton and Charles playing as a wing backs to get into a back five and also push up. And then, you know, your usual suspects up front, you know, the, the ladies who score all the goals. Um, and really that seems to be kind of the formation that we're slowly and 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 sort of surely getting into a position where that seems to be the formation and it's interesting to say that because we really struggled last year uh last season with a back three um i i can sort of cast my mind back to that west ham game which i keep freaking up um it's not gone perfectly at the start of the season but i think that everton are now united two teams which are pretty much um 
well, well, last season were identified as up, up front runners um, towards the league and in, in top four spots, and and to get such success from that, it seems to be the formation, and that's it's the formation that absolutely destroyed United's defense, and that was because what United were trying to do were they were trying to bypass that Chelsea press, the press we've seen them really sort of instigate last season and in the beginning of this season. But that just seemed to backfire for them. What they were trying to do, the United defenders, was doubling and tripling up on the attackers, but they were actually leaving a lot of space for, to allow Chelsea to transition from defence into midfield into attack. And we saw that in the first minute, just sort of gapes and gapes of spaces for um, for Chelsea to come through and, and for Kirby to be reached by Sam Kerr. It was that counter counter-attacking element that really drew the defenders away and you saw that again for the second goal which wasn't that long you know 24th minute second minute um harder was the one to break through and again it was just there was so much space for her to push through but actually as she was pushing through the left i noticed this in the first goal and in the second um the right there was so much space they were doubling and tripling up on on attackers on harder Kerr and and Kirby but actually there was loads of different spaces that the three of them were interchangeably weaving into and that space allowed for the attack to flourish now if you thought that first goal was just absolutely amazing from Kerr and Kirby there was an absolute goal reversal really or role reversal I should say for for the third and this time Kirby was a provider for Kerr once again it was a poor passing from back from the United back four that really Chelsea were able to punish and you know we saw against Everton that this is a, this is a sort of a, a a nice pattern we're seeing Sam Kerr's behavior and her performances she's really pushing into the fence and pressing high um she got that kind of weird goal that happened against Everton where the defender just passed to her and and, and you know she was able to basically get a gift of a goal but that again was from the pressing and we saw that again from her in this game and I'm, I'm really liking seeing that from the Chelsea attack Although pressing has kind of been like a part of our DNA now as a team, um, we're still fairly new to doing that in an attacking sense. And, and both Kerr and Kirby are absolutely on the money when doing that. Um, so that third goal came from Sam Kerr in the, in the just after the, the half-time, well, just before half-time, 41st minute, right? Yep, so just before half-time. And again, the likes of Katie Zellam and Gronin, who were playing in the United midfield, they were allowing those gaps to occur and it was allowing for such seamless transitional play in the sense that neither Lupoltz and Ingle had to work that hard to to play out and provide that sort of channel of attack to the front three. They were able to pull those strings and actually um, move in several different positions, very versatile. You, you know, you could see Kirby in the 10 position. She was moving up towards the flanks. She was in the midfield and she was up in attack. Um, and it was just, it was exquisite to see. I guess the only sort of you know negative feedback you could say was obviously the goal that we conceded uh, it did come from a moment of bad luck and also a moment of sloppiness um, I think it was in that moment we kind of encapsulated what United were doing which was poor passing out from the back and then from there on Millie Bright just made a bit of a mess of things but considering what happened in the rest of the game I think you could pretty much you could pretty much forgive them for doing that because that back three still worked so well to stop United from um from coming forward in the midfield and not just the midfield but also coming forward from the flanks now last season and in the last few seasons United really used the flank position as an area of strength whether that's been through Lauren James who who they've lost this summer and maybe that's why that position has been weakened um all through some of their other players um so those areas opening up have really allowed Chelsea to move forward and then once again from there on um we had more goals and that was through Spence and um, Fleming. Fleming scored her first goal 
for Chelsea and it was you could just see the delight on her face and it was you know it was such a emotional thing almost for her to see but Spence coming on and absolutely smashing it she came on and she gave this um this level of speed that United just could not handle they were already struggling with um sort of positional awareness and then when Spence came on she was actually charging through and there was one touch quick passing and you could just see United falling apart at the seams so in saying all that you know all those goals and, and and the scoring and the attacking prowess and the defensive steal and that back three what does it mean for the table well Chelsea have now moved up to fourth position um, they have ahead of them by one point Villa but ahead of Villa and Chelsea are Arsenal and Spurs who have both won three out of three it's very interesting to see Spurs under new management under Arne Skinner. Um, they have struggled in pre-season and struggled in recent seasons to start things off. But I think that the blueprint that they're they're looking at now, which is to become much more attacking centrally and not just through the flanks where they have players like ne- Neville, um, it's just sort of really working for them. And Arsenal, you know, having lost uh, having lost a few players, Van der Donk to um, to the French league and a couple others over the summer, they are also doing pretty well. Um, in their first season away from Joe Montemira. So that's exactly what Chelsea have to contest with. They're looking pretty well. I mean, last week, Everton, there was a lot of trial and, and experimentation in things. We watched the back three. We were a little, little dubious after that defeat um, prior to Everton. We knew we needed a good result. And and it seems that Emma Hayes has realised what's working and sticking with it. And that's the most important thing, sticking with the back three, um, really pushing forward with the wing back positions and having Wrighton in there. Wrighton was a player that was doing so well last season, especially in the Champions League. And she was often dropped just because it was just purely too much talent in the team. There was no way she was making it into the team. Um, but I think she provides an element of experience in that area down the right and down the left when she plays sort of position E. And I think that um, not only is she very defensively sound, but obviously also her attacking abilities. We know how well she is with providing assists and those crosses that come in, they almost enhance the attack we already have. And we saw a bit of that today. We saw a bit of that last week. And when you add that to what we already got up front, it's just, it's just, it's a lot. You know, you get excited, you get worked up. And this is all without, you know, I mentioned Lauren James. It's all without seeing her really a lot. Uh, we've seen Spence today. We've seen, um, we've seen Harder come, come into her, which Andre mentioned last week. And it's sort of set up for us to do well. But fortunately, this season, the Premier League, not the Premier League, WSL isn't the only thing that we had to contest for. We still actually are playing. Um, FA Cup games from last year obviously you know the whole Covid delayed situation and that kind of means we've got a bit of um, a flurry of games almost up ahead first of all we have Birmingham on Wednesday so that's the FA Cup semi-final game and then we have Brighton on the weekend so there's every chance that although I'm, I'm talking about the stability of this formation and the stability of the back three um, there's every chance that we're going to see a lot of rotation and that formation might change as well for example players like G and and um, Beth England were left on the bench um, Cuthbert who's played a lot I think she was injured I'll have to check on that uh, I think she picked up an injury during the international break so she was missing um, in terms terms of defence, uh, you can expect to see some of uh, the outlying players come in a lot more. So in both the FA Cup game and the game against Brighton, you can expect to see a sort of shift and maybe not as many goals as we've seen against Everton United. But we do need to be careful because although Birmingham in the FA Cup might seem pretty easy, they're sitting at the bottom of the WSL table at the moment, Brighton are a different story. They are level on points with Chelsea in the 
at the time of recording in the league table. And they actually did play Birmingham very recently. They put five goals past them before they lost to Villa. The two players that really stood out for me, that's what, that was Cartman, Carter and Kagman. They were both on the score sheet. And their way that they both play, and I've seen this in my own research and in as well as Andre's mentioning in previous episodes, is, is using the flanks as their area of strength and on the counter also at the same time. And that could be interesting because, as we mentioned, that, that's an area of weakness for Chelsea. Now, I think perhaps having Wrighton in, in in that position and allowing um, um, the attacking players to move on is probably something intentional to strengthen that area. Um, players like Neem Charles, again, on the other side are then bolstered by the midfield pairing of, of Lupoltz and we're seeing a lot more of Ingle and probably for that reason because she has a bit more experience not experience just midfield but experience playing defensively um, in the back four as well if she needs to push back because that's the position she's quite comfortable in for her national team um, so that makes sense you might see a bit of shift there in terms of Birmingham like I just mentioned there Birmingham have lost a lot they're sitting at the bottom of the table and they're already into negative goals so um, in terms of what I think will happen in that game, I'm I'm expecting to see quite an easy win. Um, having Brighton up again on uh, on Wednesday, sorry, on on the weekend, you probably will won't really see any of the t- top players playing. Maybe there might be one of the three, maybe either Ker- Kirby or Harder, but you can expect things to be moved around a little bit as they were last season. And that's all probably because we have those two games and then we have a very big Champions League game, the first round against Wolfsburg. And that's going to be pretty interesting. And I'm I'm thinking, and, I'm, and I guess a lot of people are thinking, that Emma Hayes is going to want a pretty strong team for that. Uh, we know what Wolfsburg are capable of. You know, we only defeated them for the first time, I think, in, in quite a few years, having played them in the Champions League games. Uh, we've played them over double fixture. Um, and again, it's a history that Chelsea seem to have with Wolfsburg. We keep getting picked. We really do keep getting picked against them. So that's going to be a, an interesting one. Um, fortunately for that, though, we're going to do a whole separate pod like we did last season. You know, we had those sort of deep dives. Uh, so we're going to have a separate pod coming out of that. Probably shouldn't talk about that too much. But, um, yep, as you remember, Brighton were the team that ended Chelsea's unbeaten run last season. So if um, Emma Hayes has one eye on the on the FA Cup and one eye on the WSL, you can expect that perhaps things won't be as easy in terms of fitness levels and, and strength of the first team against Wolfsburg. Now, in saying all of those things, we've still seen we've still seen Chelsea come together as a collective ahead of this upcoming season. Uh, we've seen teams around them strengthen a lot, but fortunately this, the depth of squad means that we should be able to cover these games. So we've got the FA Cup, the WSL, and then Champions League. Um, they will probably be resting of some of the players. You can expect to see different formations. But um, it's safe to say, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the pod, and I keep saying it, it's safe to say that this back three looks to be um, the formation that Emma Hayes is sticking with. And it will be interesting to see how they can fare up against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg would play very sort of transitional counter-attacking football. Um, they have midfield line that's very interchangeable in the 8, 6 and 10 positions. So that will be very interesting. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for everything I have to say. Um, I do hope I've done justice this week without Andre. I hope he listens back and, and hears me absolutely ruin him in the predictions. And I hope that since he hasn't taken part in the predictions this week, you know, he's in Peru catching his tan. Um, I probably will just win regardless of whatever happens next week. Um, but yeah, hopefully that we, that is, you know, a couple of wins in the bag. We will, as I mentioned, have a whole podcast dedicated to the Wolfsburg game. And hopefully I, 
hopefully Andrew and I will see you on the other side of a couple of wins. But till then, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to stay with us in our second season of recording. And as you know, we've got a bit of a direct line situation with Fran Kirby up at Chelsea. And she seems to love the fact that you guys keep listening. So keep making her happy. She'll keep scoring goals. Everybody wins. (laughs) 